With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. I'm Jonathan Capehart, and this is Cape Up. Texas State Representative Sinfronia Thompson is among the 57 Texas Democrats who left Austin in order to deny state Republicans the quorum needed to pass their voter suppression bill. They came to Washington with one goal, to appeal for federal action on voting rights. Have we done enough? Have we paid the price enough? What is going to take for us to be able to be Americans in this country? I am an American and I'm going to vote. Representative Thompson has seen some things. She's been in the Texas state legislature since 1973, and she's clear-eyed about what she thinks is driving the Lone Star State's push to curb voting. Representative Thompson and I talked about her meetings with Senator Joe Manchin, House Majority Whip James Clyburn, and whether she thinks the state in Washington has been worth it. And you can hear it all right now. Texas State Representative Sinfronia Thompson, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me. So at that press conference in Virginia, you talked about your grandmother and the obstacles she faced when she got the chance to vote. What were some of those obstacles? One of them, she had to buy a poll tax and she had to save her money, um, nickels and pennies, not quarters, to be able to purchase a poll tax. And then once she got a poll tax, she had a long ways to travel to cast that ballot. It was, um, transportation was nothing like then as it is today. You had to wait for a bus, go to another part of the city, a pretty good distance from where she was, and over 15 miles, I'm pretty sure, in order to cast her ballot. And she was only allowed to vote in the general election because She was an African-American. Being Black, you couldn't vote in the primaries in Texas. I wanted you to start with your grandmother. And I'm going to do something that uh, gentlemen are not supposed to do. We are not supposed to ask uh, a woman her age. But I think it's important for people to understand. Representative Thompson, how old are you? I'm 82 years old. And I needed people to hear that. Because the fact that you are talking about your grandmother and the obstacles she faced in voting and that the reason why you and I are talking now is about voting, this is not, this is not history. This is living memory for, for you. I would love for you to put in context where we are right now as a country when it comes to voting rights. We are regressing. We're regressing back to a, a, a place in history where we want to limit minorities' right to participate in their democracy. Just like my grandmother was limited in her right to participate in democracy, we are going back to that same stage now. So it looks like we are just regressing. You and 50-some fellow Texas Democrats, left Austin, came to Washington as part of an effort to 
block Republicans from passing another voter restriction bill. Talk about that, what was or is in this legislation that you want, you're trying to stop. There are about three aspects of this legislation that we feel that, uh, that would uh, rip away the rights of our constituents to have a say in their democracy. Number one, they want to put poll watchers in our uh, precincts, particularly in the minority area. We had this experience back in 2010 with the King Street Patriots. And what they do, they would send persons in our precincts where we were voting that looked like the uh, uh, the Oath Keepers, uh, somebody, uh, maybe a member of the Ku Klux Klan, or the Proud Boys. But this legislation that we are seeing now would give these poll watchers an opportunity to roam the room of the voting when votings are being cast, looking over, the, uh, looking at getting close enough, giving them permission close enough to see if they are, how they may be voting, close enough that they are talking to themselves, what they are saying. And these are untrained individuals coming to an area, and if they believe that the election judge is violating the law, then they can cause this election judge uh, to get fire loan and get charged with a felony. The only thing that the election judge can do in regards to them is to, uh, if they are out of line or they're doing something wrong, to give them a warning. If they're breaking the law, they have to give them at least two warnings and they can call the police and ask them to be removed. But then the police may come and decide they, they don't see it, they, they don't think they're breaking the law. So if they have been expelled, in their opinion, uh, without cause, they can again file on the election judge a felony and cause this person to properly go to prison just to, by keeping order within the preding, the preding of the voting place. Here's the bottom line, Mr. Capehart. Get, just, just picture this. You got Latino precinct chairs. Uh, you got black precinct chairs running a, an election. And you, the, the persons, are, constituents are coming in to cast their ballot. And all of a sudden, you see these white people looking like mean green machines, look like they want to uh, take them in custody. It's a chilling effect. And that chilling effect on what is happening in those precincts, it's going to get around. People are going to call. Hey, Mr. Capar, don't you go and vote because they got some mean uh, white people down there. They just roam in the room. And, and, and the next thing, people say, well, I'm not going to go vote. So that's the suppression end of it. It's intimidation. I don't care which way you want to uh, look at it. You are intimidating people trying to have a say in their democracy. Texas United States Senator John Cornyn called what you and your fellow Texas Democrats are doing, he calls it a, a waste of time. What's your response to that? Because I'm sure he's not the only one who has that point of view. Well, Mr. Cornyn has been privileged all his life, and no one has ever interfered with his right to cast a vote. And he's never walked in the shoes of minority individuals within the state of Texas. And being unable to see from their vantage point of what is happening has been very difficult for him. Unfortunately, 
being a senator for the entire state and living in one of the states where it's harder than any other states in the union to cast a battle. battle. So I think him being privileged blinds his ability uh, to be able to see the problems and the struggles of ordinary people that he represents within the state of Texas. The other United States Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, I mean, he says you guys are involved in a, quote, political stunt that is, quote, going to fail. What's your response to that? Because I'm sure he's not alone in thinking that. Well, uh, Mr. Cruz has his, his, his right to his opinion. When you stop and think about uh, Ted Cruz, I think about my constituents freezing in February when the power grid failed and he'd taken his family to Florida or Mexico when it's warm. So I don't see how he can even have a, the sensitivity of understanding the gravity of the ordinary citizens within Texas trying to cast a ballot. We are hoping that what we are doing is going to give some time to our colleagues and hopefully the governor of Texas to have a sobering opportunity to look at the gravity of the problem that they are trying uh, to do to people and, and stripping away their democracy or their ability to vote. This will give them some time to reflect. Now, I recognize that our governor wants to be president of the United States, and he's trying to do things that would make him toughen up and look more conservative. I recognize that he is up for re-election next year, so he's trying to do things that make his conservative base feel that he is conservative enough. But the bottom line is, you don't trample upon people's constitutional rights in an effort to elevate yourself. And I think that my governor is wrong, and I think that my senator's inability to see beyond the silo that they are looking at is unfortunate. You came to Washington seeking help, legislative help from the federal government, from from Congress, from the president. How, ha how have those meetings gone? How receptive have they been to, to the message that you're bringing? I believe that they, that they have been uh, very receptive. I think that we have made some headways. You know, it's a difference in hearing a person from afar rather, uh, than looking at them across the table and listening to their problem. And, it's, and I think that we have been able to bring a sensitivity to the lawmakers about the plight that we're in in the state of Texas and the urgency of the federal government to act. I believe we have made our case, and I believe we've made our case well. Will you be disappointed if nothing comes of your, your time here, nothing comes of all the meetings, the, the heartfelt words, the the folks being arrested in demonstrations, not not any of the Texas state legislators, but there have been there were black women who were arrested at the Senate a couple of weeks ago. A group of black men got arrested on the House side yesterday, protesting in favor of voting rights. No, Mr. Capehart, I don't. I would not be disappointed. And here's why: I'm a lawmaker myself, and I know things take time. And I know that we have laid the seeds of, of, of progress. We have pled our case. We have made our points. 
And I know it's going to take some time for the, for the Congress to act, because being a lawmaker ourselves, it takes time for, to get certain legislation through. But I believe that I would have been very disappointed if we had not been able to make our case and that time had taken a long time for the legislation to take place. I think the urgency of uh, our message to the Congress has speeded up some thoughts, some movements, uh, to the point that I think the time that it would have taken is shortened because of what we did, because we are here, because we played our case. I think that that time is going to be much shorter than it normally would have been, but for the fact that we came, played our case, made our point, and I believe that we moved the needle, we moved the needle forward, and we are stimulating the country to also participate all across these United States with this federal government letting them know the urgency of this legislation. And I think that we have made, uh, I think we have moved it for the entire country. And I am so grateful that, that people around all the United States are waking up to the fact that voting is a constitutional right, not a privilege, it's a constitutional right. And that right shall not be infringed upon. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. In your conversations on Capitol Hill at the White House, have you gotten any indications whatsoever that pieces are being put in place so that filibuster reform in some way can happen to allow the For the People Act to actually get a vote and pass by a simple majority. Mr. Capehart, I can tell you that, I, that we had an opportunity, a delegation of us, small delegation of us visited with Senator Manchin from West Virginia. And we did not discuss the filibuster. We discussed the Voting Rights Act and some other aspects of the bill. And when we left out uh, a meeting with him about 30 or so minutes, we were in solidarity agreement with him that a, what he was talking about and trying to put a bill together and making it more narrow would be more beneficial at this time for us. And if he can get that bill through, we believe that that would be a, give a foundation to build upon in the future. It would put all of the United States under pre-clearance. It would, it would ensure the right of people to be able to vote. And there were many other aspects he talked about. I believe that that bill can work. We talked with uh, the whip, James Clyburn, and in his discussion with us, he said that he had been continuously working with Senator Manchin in an effort to put together a piece of legislation that he believed that would that would be the catalyst to help us nationwide in being able to protect our right to vote. So we believe that we have we we have done a, a giant a job in being able to make our points. Uh, we have played our cases. We think that we think that we don't know when it's going to happen, but we believe it's going to happen soon. Uh, and I just have a feeling in my gut it may happen this year. Was that a strategic decision to not even 
broached the subject of filibuster with Senator Manchin? It was. It was. Because there was no need of going in and beating up on a person when you when they have told you over and over what their position was. And when you started looking at what are the what are the things that you need in order to effectuate the protection of your constitutional right to vote. And we made that decision before we met with him, the night before we met with him, my group. And we went in to talk about the things that we wanted, we needed, and the problems that we were facing, and how could he get it done. And he said, the bill that they have before the Senate is 800 pages long. I think that there was a narrow approach. We can be able to get the things that you were needing and protect the rights of the people to have a voice within their democracy. One of the stories I read in one of the Texas papers is that um, at least two of the folks who flew from Austin to Washington, Texas Democrats, have now returned. Uh, any concern that more, um, more of your fellow Texas Democrats will go back to the states uh, and more will go back that would give the legislature the quorum it needs to finish the job on the voting, on all the stuff that they're trying to get done in the special session? One of the persons, uh, Representative Dutton from Houston, went back, but he was never a part of our original 57. He came and he participated. And he told us that he was going to leave early. And when there was a, out, there was a person who had gotten uh, COVID uh, symptoms, uh, he left because he has a sister that is receiving chemotherapy and he wanted to be with her and he didn't want to carry it. I'm pretty sure he was thinking about that. And second lawly, we never counted on him to be with us, but we were happy that he did come. The other person, uh, Senator Cortez of San Antonio who left, he, we knew that he was a little uneasy being here. And we think that he left because he had an opportunity to get a brand new job and he wanted to be able to be there for that new job. And you can understand when you got a wife and a family to take care of, you know, those bills have to be paid. So uh, he left because he wanted to be able to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, be present on this brand new job. He's going to be a professor. And uh, he went back. We knew that. So we still have 56 people. Uh, we still have a, an option. They still cannot, uh, uh, tra they cannot transact business on the House floor. And we're still giving our colleagues some opportunity to think about the gravity of the problem that they are creating. You know, I just want to 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 emphasize something that you were you were talking about about the the colleague of yours who went back to start a new start a new job and that he has a family and that he has bills to pay. People need to understand that folks in the Texas state legislature don't make the salary that members of the United States Congress in either the House or the Senate make. Tell the listeners, what is the annual salary of a Texas state legislator? We have a gross salary of $7,200. And when taxes and things are taken out of that money, we make about $13 a day. $13 a day. So when Republicans, and I'm thinking of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell talking about you guys basically gallivanting on a on a boondoggle, you know, 
with beer on the plane and taking a trip. I'm trying to think of the word that he used because it wasn't boondoggle. It was something, it, it was a jaunt or something, trying to make it seem like you guys left Texas to go on vacation and to live it up and not being in Texas to do your job while still getting paid as if it, you guys are millionaires, <laughs> taxpayer, taxpayer money. Well, we left on, on charter planes. Uh, we uh, left our jobs, our businesses, our families, our bills to be paid, our mortgages, our car notes, daycare, food for our families. All those things have to still be provided. And then on top of that, we have to lease places to live when we're in Austin. When the governor calls a special session, we have to get a place to stay. And, and, and that's that's cost that costs money as well, so all that we're doing is uh, missionary work, you know. And I say missionary work in this respect. Some people go and, and and they preach Christ on the missionary field. We preach Christ through how, trying to develop good policies for God's children all over the state of Texas, and that is our missionary work. We knew going in that we weren't going to make a lot of money. Each one of us represent about 200,000 people in our district. Each constituents contribute three and a half cents annually to our salaries. But we don't think about the three and a half pennies. What we think about it happens to be, is it good policies? Is it gonna, is it gonna help our people? Is it good for Texas? And we worked with our, as many people as we can, Republicans and Democrats alike, to try to get those issues and things done. But sometimes we have to take a stand. And it's too much when people want to strip away your right to vote, a fundamental right that you have, just because they want to be able to stay in control. We were supposed to meet uh, a week ago for an MSNBC special presentation with all the Texas Democrats. We're all going to be together in in one studio uh, here in Washington. But then... Uh, at that that point over the weekend, three of your colleagues tested positive for COVID. You're all fully vaccinated. And so my final question to you is, how you doing? doing you okay? Fine. You and 50-some fellow Texas Democrats left Austin, came to Washington as part of an effort to block. Parts here at the at the federal level, and uh, we, we're trying to make out a case every day we're here. And so then the final thing I want you to do is to, as the, as the last word on this, make that case one more time. Why are you in Washington? To ensure that my constituents' constitutional rights are not stripped away, and to plead to my colleagues here at the federal level the urgency of passage of the federal Voting Rights Act here in Washington, D.C., how critical it is, not just for the state of Texas, but for the entire nation. Texas State Representative Sanfronia Thompson, you've been in the Texas State Legislature since 1973. It is an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Cape Up. Tune in every Tuesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. 
And how about doing me a huge favor? Subscribe, rate, and review us. I'm Jonathan Capehart of The Washington Post. You can find me on Twitter at CapehartJ. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details.